to help move that out into the world and um, and help everybody just live a little bit easier with life. Now, uh, for those of you that don't know, we are taking our first dementia-friendly cruise this fall. And I can't even say this fall anymore because it is fall. It's this Saturday. I'm so excited. Uh, we leave November 11th through the 18th, and we're going to the Caribbean, and we have a great group of people, um, both those living with dementia and their care partners. And we're just so excited to go. Um, my team exists of four people with dementia, Michael Ellenbogen, Lori Shear, uh, Mary Reed, and Harry Urban. And then our professionals are Cindy Lezinski, who is an RN in Colorado, who heads up a um, dementia-friendly community and movement out in northern Colorado. And then Becky Watson, who is a uh, music therapist, who is going to bring us lots of joy. And then, of course, our travel agent, uh, Kathy Schof, will be uh, coordinating things with Holland America. So we are, are very, very excited about that. Um, I want to give a shout-out to some of our sponsors because they have just been so lovely to us and um, we have music for wellness Um, we have the dementia friendly communities of northern colorado john hopkins university press is sending a couple of books out bright bright view senior living um, is also sponsoring a book cruising through caregiving uh, by jennifer fitzpatrick Uh, free to go mobility Um, Anita Jader Photography, and the American Senior Magazine. Um, We just so appreciate your sponsorship and support um, for this cruise, and we can't wait to tell everybody all about it. But in the meantime here, let me get to our guest. We have uh, Carol Merrick, who is an aging expert and syndicated columnist for SeniorCare.com. And Carol is a former family caregiver herself um, who lived through the hardships of elder care and realized Since she's aging alone, she'll have no one to depend on for care. So she has launched a really cool group called the Elder Orphan on Facebook. I love that name, Elder Orphan. And she also has the Age with Purpose newsletter that is just filled with great tips and tools. Uh, Carol has earned um, her Fundamentals of Gerontology Certificate at UC Davis uh, School of Gerontology. And um, like I said, I'm just thrilled to have, have her with us today. Welcome, Carol. Thank you, Lori. And I wanted to say congratulations to your your cruise, your very first cruise. How fun is that? It's it's really quite exciting. <clears throat> People are asking us about the next one, and um, I want to wait and see how this one goes and what we need to tweak because I know there'll be things that we need to adjust for, and uh, and then we'll plan. But I want to get through the first one. I know there's there's others that are out there um, now picking up on this. I think there's uh, three or four of them um, that have formalized already. And so it seems to be catching on. And so it's exciting uh, to, to be able to have uh, people with dementia still participate and, and live fully and uh, enjoy life. I think that's absolutely fantastic. But let's, let's get to you. Um, you have had a, an interesting career, and I think it's um, fabulous that you're kind of targeting this, this elder orphan and aging alone because I think it's a very 
under-recognized and appreciated um, situation that's out there in our world. So what makes aging alone different from other aging situations, Carol? Well, actually, Lori, I think each of us face aging alone, you know, even if you're married or not. Because, I mean, think about it. My sister was married. Her husband died. And now she's aging alone. And she does have have a son. However, he lives hundreds of miles away. So I I think no matter what circumstance you're in, many of us face aging alone. But I think for those of those people who are in a similar situation as I am, meaning no spouse, no children, then it is harder, I think, because first off, we are relying only on ourselves to pay the bills. We -hmm. have no other income, Social Security, any retirement income other than our own. However, our bills, utility bills, mortgage, car payment, they're all the same as those shared by two people. So that's, a that's really, probably. It's a, it's a really nice point that you make that even if you are with somebody right now, that doesn't mean you will be forever. And just to even mentally prepare for that and, and um, physically consider that, uh, that impact that, Sooner or later, you know, one of you isn't going to be there anymore because chances are you're not going to exit the earth at the same time. Um, and no, and I don't right. think that, that and I don't think that that's a conversation most people even think about at all. No. You know, we kind of get in our comfort zone, and you know, these are scary conversations because you know they're a lot to take on. And um, so I, I thank you for for really pushing this to the forefront and there's so I mean I know so many people that live alone um, people with dementia people without dementia um, at all different ages and it seems like society today um, the relationship itself doesn't seem quite as important as it used to Um, and I might be wrong on that but that's just kind of my perception in terms of the, the value of of being together um, and myself, I'm divorced, you know, so I'm, I have a, a wonderful daughter who I, I really do think will take care of me well. But, you know, you don't know what her circumstances are going to be and you can't, you can't rely on that stuff either. So, yeah. um, and, and for my friends like you that, you know, aren't married and don't have kids, they're fearful. I mean, they're downright fearful of what will happen to them when they see some of our other friends um, age and, and maybe get ill. How do you cope with that? Oh, goodness. Well, that's a very good question. How do we cope with it? Well, you know, others uh, cope with it better than uh, than some. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Many of the, as a matter of fact, I can use uh, the members in the elder orphan group who are the majority have no children or spouse. And, uh, you know, I would say the majority of them are very fearful and are, you know, constantly discussing their fears and what they're afraid of and their health issues. And me, on the other hand, and there's a smaller group of us who aren't as fearful, uh, I think, first of all, because we stay so busy 
with our lives, and we really focus on the positive and trying to create a life worth living and one that is supportive with companions, you know, surrounded by companions and support and love and concern that uh, we aren't as fearful. So, I, you know, I think that's one of the first things to do. If you can change your mental attitude about being alone, Yes, it is a fearful situation, and but I think if you dwell on it and become very sensitive to, oh, my gosh, what is going to happen to me without taking steps forward uh, in, in creating a life of purpose, then, yes, uh, you know, you will have fear, and that will probably, uh, you know, take you, you know, set your life back uh, a step or two. But uh, I try to remain, and, and, and few of the members remain very active and uh, positive in their thoughts. Mm-hmm. So that, uh, and that's probably the, one of the best things to do is to stay active and uh, mentally challenged, and just keep moving forward. You know, because yeah. as they say, life happens, right? You have no control over it, none. Exactly. And that's a really good point. And I think we all have this, uh, this premise that, you know, life is supposed to be perfect and that we're in control and, and we really control very, very, very little when it comes to things is kind of what I've, yeah, but I've you know, learned. There are, you know, Lori, there are things that we can control. We can control mm-hmm. our attitudes. Yep. You know, we can control uh, who we hang out with. And mm-hmm. how we fill our day, the food that we eat, the activities we we uh, you know we're active in or we participate in, and our mm-hmm. health. I mean, some of us unfortunately have uh, illnesses that we have no control over, but we do have uh, control over the food we eat and uh, staying fit. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think that that's really uh, very, very important. Um, I, I think mindset um, is so huge in terms of where where our lives lead us and, you know, if we're going to be happy or not. And um, right. sometimes shifting that mindset can be difficult if someone is going through a loss or, um, or a divorce or just not feeling... Um, equal to everyone else. I mean, there's so many different situations out there. Um, how do you recommend kind of shifting, you know, if, if we've got listeners that might be struggling mm-hmm. <clears throat> right now, mm-hmm. shifting mm-hmm. that perception? Because to me, that that is almost the key of getting the other things in play. And, and maybe I'm wrong on that. Please feel free to, to challenge me on that. But I, I really kind of think it, it starts kind of with our heart and our mind and our beliefs um, to move forward. Well, you know, I it, coming from a, from uh, losing my parents, you know, my dad lived with Alzheimer's, and I lost both of my parents, so I went through a great deal of uh, grieving. I've gone through divorce. Uh, I've gone through breaking up with a partner, losing a pet, and uh, and losing a business. Uh, quite a bit of money at the same time, and this was years and years ago. So I've been through my own loss, <laughs> through mm-hmm. many losses. It, it, and so how I 
um, how I handle that, and, and I really encourage people who are going through a, a loss at this time to reach out and ask for support and find it any way you can. Fortunately for me, through going through grieving with my uh, parents' death, I uh, reached out to hospice, and they were a really huge support system for me. And, uh, and I attended several of their support, grieving support classes um, and stayed in contact with those, with other members like me who, were, who had lost parents or a spouse or a child. And we just, we helped one another. You know, we helped one another. We were a support team for each other. So mm-hmm. I encourage you to reach out and get help. Even if you're suffering from depression, because, you know, life throws a lot of curveballs. And if you find yourself feeling sad and lonely and um, unable to get up and go and make changes, then get help. I mean, call a psychologist. Get a reference, maybe a reference through a friend who, can, um, who might suggest a good psychotherapist. There is nothing mm-hmm. wrong with going to therapy. And I've done that also for many years, as a matter of fact. (laughs) And I think if I had not, then my life after going through all those losses would be completely different than it is today. Mm -hmm. And and I think that that is great advice. I think some people feel there's so, so much shame wrapped into, you know, calling to get help. And it's like, that's what it's there for, you know, uh, to support you through this. There there shouldn't be any shame in that at all. I mean, everybody has their ups and downs and, you know, has different coping mechanisms, you know, along the way. And um, I just, I I totally believe in, in reaching out for a hand too. You know, one of the things I'll just mention that we did in my, um, we have a dementia friendly group in Roseville, Minnesota, and we created, um, it's called the Dementia uh, Caregiver Reentry Program. And it's for people who have, you know, lost their loved one um, to dementia. We have two different groups. One is they've physically lost their loved one. And the other group is a mixture of those who have actually lost somebody or who are getting really close and to, towards the end of the journey. And um, we just, uh, in fact, on Thursday, I'm going to be doing a presentation on what we've learned during that time. And we we model them over like the memory cafe so that they're just very conversational and it isn't anything, um, you know, it's not, it's not a grief counseling. Um, they didn't want an eight week course and then be go back home alone again they wanted to be able to participate as long as they could and really what it came down was to be able to meet and talk with others that are going through a similar situation which sounds you know like what you're doing um, on Facebook with your elder orphan group I, I think that communication and that connection and that understanding is so valuable and um just knowing that you're talking to somebody who who gets the space you're in doesn't judge you you know um mm-hmm. but just right. accepts you and right. uh, absolutely and I, and I think that that can be really undervalued too i don't think people understand 
the importance. Um, one of the things I've seen in like the Facebook groups, and I'm interested if you've seen it with your elder orphan group, is the the depth of the conversations and the um, the intimacy uh, you know that's created through that because they're not talking about the weather and they're not talking about sports. I mean, they're talking about real life issues that sometimes they don't even share with best friends. And, you know, right. family members, because they know they're going to get the roll of the eyeball or somebody's not going to understand you. Do you see that in your group as well? Oh, absolutely. As a matter of fact, some members, even before they post or while they're posting, they're thinking, because they'll say it in the, in the discussion, they'll, they'll make a comment. Oh, I hope my friends don't see this. Mm-hmm. I hope my yep. friends or my family members don't see my comments here or my discussion. So, yes, indeed, uh, it's very, very intimate. And we share some really incredibly sensitive topics. And um, so I'm, I'm just very tuned in to making sure that they get uh, support when it's especially when someone's talking about depression and feeling very sad, not having anyone to turn to, uh, you know, it, it, but I have to say the members have just uh, pleasantly surprised me by giving and reaching out and sending private messages to one another just of support and exchanging phone numbers, not in the group itself, but through private messages. So Mm -hmm. that they can connect with one another. As a matter of fact, you know, many, and I've started one here in Dallas, but uh, many members are breaking off into local groups so Mm -hmm. that they can visit face-to-face rather than just on Facebook. Yep, yep. How nice is that? And build a support. Oh, that that is just fantastic. Um, And I don't... Do you think the the um, medical profession understands or accepts the the impact that these groups have yet? Because sometimes I don't I don't think they're quite there. Um, you mean the medical profession accepting uh, support being a viable solution? Well, so, so, Support that isn't, well, I guess support that isn't, you know, it isn't run by a social worker. It isn't run all the time by a psychiatrist. But, you know, just sometimes it's lay people that have just been through the process. And, you know, I see that with a multitude of different um, groups out there that are so powerful and are doing great, Mm -hmm. great things. Mm -hmm. And and Mm -hmm. yet there seems to be this, well, or it's on the internet. Those aren't real relationships. Oh, well, I, I, no, I, I don't hear that. Mm-mm. Okay. No, I okay. don't hear that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, you no. Are. <laughs> yeah, no. I well, I'm glad you're not because I, I have definitely when I go around the country, I hear that from um, people. I think it's starting, you know, to change more so. Um, but it's, uh, and, and the people in the groups just say how powerful these are, um, just to be able to align with, with other liked mind parties with that. What kind mm-hmm. of advice can you give to care providers to help those who are aging alone? Um, you know, there's, there's been a, 
a great deal of research on about, I should say, uh, elder orphans, and mm-hmm. it was um, kind of it was spearheaded by a geriatrician up in the Northeast in New York. Her name is um, uh, Dr. Carney, uh, mm-hmm. and she she's a wonderful um, advocate for people like me. Because, of course, she works with, she's a geriatrician, of course, she works with older individuals or in, uh, older patients, and many times she sees patients who are without support at home uh, really fall through, uh, kind of fall through the the eyes or the, uh, you know, the care guidelines of the system uh, mm-hmm. because especially, well, I can't say especially, but many times care providers, health care providers, any senior care providers don't really acknowledge this group or this segment or even question because it seems like our society is so gung-ho on uh, families, right? The traditional Mm -hmm. families, the married couple, the uh, with two children, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that's how we that's how we kind of have forced our mindset to perceive each individual. Well, guess what, folks? Not all of us fall into that category. As a matter of fact, close to thirty percent of the people over the age of sixty five do live alone. Now, I'm not saying mm-hmm. they don't have they're not um, they don't have a partner that or they've never been married or they don't have children. But they are living alone. And Dr. Carney calls this segment living in plain sight Mm -hmm. or hidden. I'm sorry, hidden Hidden. in plain sight. We're all around. We're all around. We we go, we're in your church or synagogues. We're, we're, We're part of the community. We're embedded. We participate in many of the same social groups. But we're not seen because we're assumed to have at least an adult child living nearby or Mm -hmm. having an adult child who will come to our rescue. Mm -hmm. And we don't. So it it is. It's a big wake-up call that that, uh, people who are caring for the elderly population and those over the age of, uh, say, 60, 65, you know, it really need to, uh, first of all, just understand that there, that we, not all of us have someone we depend on. We are mm-hmm. alone. I mean, immensely alone. You know, many of them, many people in my group can't even drive a car or don't have uh-huh. access to a car. And, and they're, they're always struggling. Well, how am I going to get to the doctor? How am I? And, and it's really funny. Once they even get to the doctor, the doctor doesn't even ask, do you have support at home? Who's caring? Who's helping you? Yep. Yeah. So, uh, and such a critical, <laughs> yeah, such a simple but yet critical question um, I, to, to ask of people and to really be open to listening to the answer. Too. And I think some of it is just the time frames now, you know, with the medical appointments, it's chop, chop, 
you know, you're in, you're in and out. And it would almost be nice if they, there was uh, social services really tied in, you know, um, to those doctor's appointments or a nurse or an LPN that could go a little deeper. Or how about just it, or making an entry on the questionnaire, you know, our medical history, you know, that mm-hmm. we have to fill out. How about asking, do you live alone? I mean, that's a yep. pretty simple question. Yep. How yep. far, how close do you, is a support person or someone you can depend on, how close do they, in proximity, are they to you? I mean, yep. that's, that's pretty simple. So, you know, it changes like that. And, um, you know, that's, you know, I know Dr. Carney is certainly um, trying to change in, in her own professional world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, um, I, and again, really simple things. And, and hopefully with the day and age of computers and a lot, a lot of times now there's, you know, a nurse or somebody taking notes while the doctor's having the conversation that, you know, they can change some of these profiles to plug this information in, just like they do review our medications, you know, and our, yes. our aches and aches and woes. Um, those, right. those types of things are, are so critical because, you know, they, like you said, do you have someone you can depend on to help you? Or are you giving discharge papers to somebody who really can't do for themselves and yet there's not a second thought unless it's brought to their attention and sometimes you know it has to be brought to their attention kind of severely sometimes in in situations that would just make it I think easier on everybody and and um, create much less risk and much more support um, with like you said just such a simple simple change but I think with, you know, Dr. Carney, it'll be, it's kind of a lead by example thing, getting some of these things through, you know, and, and talking to more people and getting that ripple effect because, you know, the big machine doesn't move quickly <laughs> in terms of, <laughs> of, of changes. Um, but I think it, it's up to us as individuals, too, to bring these comments up, you know, to inform our doctors, to help educate them on, you know, this is important in terms of my overall health care, and this is a question you should be asking. And I, I think if we all get out there like little soldiers and um, talk about that, that can help educate them too and maybe yes, move, that, move that ball mm-hmm. a little bit faster. What kind of advice mm-hmm. do you have to give people who are – um, in in your situation of, of living alone and to really prepare them for the the various elderly stages of life. And, I, you know, and I don't know if you have specific stages that you refer to, but um, I, I know that there can be, there can be many because, you know, they say what 85 is the new 65 and, you know, people don't feel their <laughs> age either. Um, and so there's big controversy over that as well. Well, you know, first off, I I don't think I I wouldn't advise anyone just to look at their life in stages, although you might want to kind of reevaluate your life in in terms of time spans or milestones, I would say, or if you want to call it stages, fine. Mm -hmm. Um, But, uh, for example, when I turned 60, I I really needed to think about 
my future in terms of how I, where I plan to land and stay put. You know, mm-hmm. do I want to age at home? Do I want to retire to a uh, assisted living community? Uh, so I, I started thinking through how I wanted to uh, to live my life, and that's I and mean, that's what I advise other people. If you, I, for me, and the majority of seniors, I should say, really want to live at home and age in place. So. Knowing that about myself, okay, so what, what what is my home like now? Well, it was two stories, you know. Okay, well, it was in, in the suburban area. I had to drive everywhere for grocery shopping or activities or what have you. So I, I literally rented a place. I sold my home, rented a one-bedroom condo in downtown Austin. This is when I was living in Austin. And I lived in downtown Austin, and I, and I allowed myself to discover what life would be like if I didn't need a car, if I, if I couldn't drive anymore. Could I still get around? Am I healthy enough? Well, that mm-hmm. really made me, that forced me to, uh, to start eating more healthy to start walking more, to be more active physically, and to uh, keep my, as best I could, my mind alert. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that I, one day I'm going to be like my mom and my dad. (laughs) You Mm -hmm. can't, my mother couldn't drive anymore. So she relied on us, the kids, to take her to the doctor's appointment. So I, so I, I guess my point being, you know, you really think about your life and what are your chronic issues right now? I mean, are you living with arthritis? Uh, how are you caring for your own personal health? Are you staying fit? Will you be able to drive five, ten years from now? And who's to say you're, you'll even be alive ten years from now? But at least you can start feeling like you're taking some control of your life, right? And you're mm-hmm. putting yourself and creating a circumstance and a living situation that you have more control over. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I've done for myself. And, uh, and I think it's important for everyone to do that. You know, and of course you need to really think through your finances and affordable housing. Can you afford where you're living right now? Are, are you able to get around in terms of transportation? Do you have all your legal affairs in order? Will you, can you, do you have someone nearby who can be your health care proxy, who can help you make decisions, who can help you think through, uh, you know, a terminal illness, for example, or even another, uh, even if you happen to get sick, is there someone nearby that you can rely on? Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I mean, sure, it's it's one thing that, oh, I love my, you know, being, uh, oh, I love living alone. I think it's wonderful, you know. Yeah, well, that's one thing when you're 55 or even 60 and you're in great health. But what happens if you fall and break a leg? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. to start dealing with the what ifs right now, why you are ha- healthy and happy, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Yeah. 
Yeah, well, that's a that's a really really good point because I mean things can turn quickly, really really quickly. Oh, absolutely. Um, in oh, those yeah. situations. Absolutely. And, um, yeah. And and just thinking about who um, who you want to care for you too. I think that that's something we don't think about. You know, who do who would you trust to be involved in your life decisions? And have you thought about what you want in various life decisions too? As as time goes on, um, those are really uncomfortable yeah. conversations for many, and it's it's kind of silly because it's really just about um, good. It's a good business of living, you know. To, yeah, I agree. To put thought into those things. Um, Absolutely, gosh. and and to, yeah, and to you know make sure you're not isolated. I mean, I can't tell you how I have seen friends of mine. Who are and who isolate at home, and I am telling you, they in in a matter of six months to a year, they change, almost uh-huh. to a point that it's scary to me. Mm-hmm. You know, they become withdrawn. They don't talk very much. They don't. They're not active. They don't stay. Um, uh, you know, they don't participate in life. They just withdraw, and that can't be healthy. It just can't yep. be. Yep. Yeah. Everybody needs that balance and um, needs to feel purposeful. I mean, I mean, that's just kind of a given with everybody. I think that's part of the problem, you know, with today and in all of the, the horrible things that are happening is people aren't feeling connected. They're not, they're not feeling full. Um, and, mm-hmm. and we're seeing mm-hmm. severe repercussions of that. And so um, as a society, I think we have to really pay much, much better attention and um, support one another because, and again, I think this is something most people don't think about it. We could be next. It could be us. I mean, you know, our, even if we're living with a, with a whole family, not just a partner, you know, they could be wiped out in a car accident. Not that I want everyone, you know, going down the rabbit hole worried about that, but but, it, you know, we don't have control over some of those things, and we could be next. And it, it might be something we've never imagined, but how much of life is stuff that we never imagined, you know, that just yeah. occurs. Exactly. And, exactly. And, be, and being educated and, and being connected and um, feeling, you know, strong about, about just knowing about options is so much better than falling into a crisis and someone else has to make your choices for you um, or you have very limited choices, you know, if you're able to make them. You know, we all we all want to be independent. And so to be the most independent we can be, we really need to address some of these situations um, that can occur and some of these, these stages um, that are going to, that are going to hit us probably sooner or later, you know, um, even if, Mm -hmm. even if they're uncomfortable conversations, great things can come from uncomfortable conversations. I I truly believe that. Oh, absolutely. um, Mm -hmm. We can, we can learn so, so so much from one another. What have you learned from your, your elder orphan group that you'd like to share with our audience? Uh, just, I, I think from my group, um, the first thing that I have learned is that I am not alone. Mm-hmm. 
um, by just having a group to go to, even if it's on Facebook for crying out loud, <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it's, I still feel connected. It helps me know that there are others like me who are facing the same situation, the same challenges, and the same fears that I face. And knowing that I'm not alone, it, it, it empowers me. It empowers me to do something about it because it feels like I have a force with me. Do you know what I mean? You know, I have people saying rah, rah, right behind me saying, yes, you can do this. Yes, you can stay healthy. Yes, you can get the best care that is possible. Yes, you can, uh, you can be motivated and inspired and, and, and still have fun, even at my age, right? <laughs> you know, that it's possible to still live a life worth living. So mm-hmm. I would say that's probably one of the best things I have learned through the group. Oh, and, and, and um, I mean, powerful stuff, though. I mean, just that that not feeling alone. I mean, that is so it's such a dreadful thing to feel out of sync, you know, and, and I know, and yet there can be people out there that feel alone together and that's, that's nasty too. Um, (laughs) But then maybe they need to look at their situation and, and make Mm -hmm. some adaptions too, because loneliness um, comes in a lot of different forms and that, that discomfort, that, you know, feeling ostracized and um, I, I mean, it just, it just comes in so many different forms in so many different ways. And, and I don't think people always understand the impact that they have on, on one another and what a roll of the eyes or a gasp that they, that they're not even aware they're doing can have on somebody who's feeling down or alone and, um, you know, just kind of that nail on the coffin and makes them not want to reach out um, and not feel accepted. So I think we all have to really look at our nonverbals because I think we're affecting not just people living alone, but, but our community and our families and friends at large with communications that we don't even know we're doing so much of the time because everything's gotten so fast-paced. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, everything has gotten fast-paced. And another thing to be kind of um, pay attention to, if you are married and you have children, or even if you're not married and you have a, a nearby adult child, just be cognizant of the loneliness that a person might feel who does not have that type of support with them. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because yep. I see that in, in my group. Uh, I'll have, uh, let's say one of the members of course is divorced or she may be widowed or he may be widowed. And, uh, and yet they have an adult child that child may live hundreds of miles away, but even so they'll, they'll post, Oh, we're getting together for the holiday. Um, well, yes, and we're all very happy for you. Uh, just be, just be cognizant that there are very lonely people in this group who do not 
have that type mm-hmm. of, uh, com- you know, that camaraderie and that, you know, friendship or kinship to rely on for the for the yep. holidays because the holidays are such a tough time. Oh know? yeah. So just be sensitive, you know, just be sensitive to other people. Mm-hmm. And yet you want to share your joy. Yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> so just be sensitive at the same time. <laughs> yeah, very, very, very important. Um, what do you have, you know, as far as the holidays, because that, you know, that is coming up. What can people do to, to feel a little bit more connected? Well, it's interesting because even in the local groups, if, if you connect with one or two of them, it, this is how people in, in the group is, hand, you know, how they're handling it. If they mm-hmm. live in a local area where another member is living, usually they'll just get together and have a potluck, uh-huh. right? Or uh, even if you're not a member, if you have neighbors and you're, you live in a the neighborhood, then that's when I, I give a shout out to the people who have families, you know, invite, invite a neighbor who doesn't have a place to go over for lunch or dinner, mm-hmm. you know, to have a meal, share a meal with us. Um, yep. a, 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 or, you know, others, if, if you are alone and you don't want to share a meal with someone, then go to make reservations at a restaurant if you can afford to do that. Mm-hmm. Or to create a special day for you. A lot of members do that. They'll, they'll buy flowers, light candles, have a glass of wine, decorate their table, and really make that day very special. You know, just mm-hmm. do some of their favorite things that particular day so that they don't feel so alone and uh, sad. Yep. Yeah. And it's, it is nice to be able to get together um, with others. I, I know myself, um, sometimes I like just being alone though, cause I don't get much alone time. And um, <laughs> so I, I kind of appreciate that downtime, but, but yet when I'm able to get together with, uh, you know, if it's family or if it's friends, um, it's, it's nice to be around people that you want to be around versus who you have to be around sometimes or, or feeling that too. But I, I have a lot of single friends who, who get together and I mean, they just, they have a riot, you know, because it's all people they want to be around. They don't, there's not an obligation. It really is. They just, they, they want to spend the time with one another. And so, you know, finding those those people uh, can make a huge, huge difference in your life. But, you know, sometimes we have to say goodbye to others that aren't filling us so much in order to make room for those, uh, those other uh, sources too. Oh, uh, is that the truth? Yes. And and that, and that can be tough, you know, when you're alone or when you're together to say, you know, this, these people don't align with me anymore. Um, this doesn't mm-hmm. make me mm-hmm. feel good. And, um, it, you know, it's scary because then you look at, oh, now they're, they're leaving you. And it's like, no, really, it's a mutual agreement when you, when you look at it. I mean, if they don't understand that, you know, um, I think you have to kind of rely on your gut with that stuff. And I, I've done that several times, kind of done a sweeping out and reanalyzing of who I want in my life and who I don't. And, um, 
it's it's been a very difficult time every time I've done it, but it's been an amazing kind of recovery period of who's wandered into my life after I've done it too. And um, mm-hmm. I, I think mm-hmm. I've always felt in the long run, I, it, it's it's been a really good lesson um, and made me feel more whole. Oh, good, good. Yeah, I think that I I, I agree. I understand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, in wrapping up, I, I just want to ask you why aging with purpose is so important to you and, and for older adults. You know, having a sense of inspiration of something, having something in your life worth waking up to mm-hmm. is what will keep you going. You yeah. know, if you have no reason to get out of bed, what whatever that reason is, if it's to read the newspaper, do the crossword puzzle, play a game on your iPad, whatever that reason is, to get up out of bed and have a cup of coffee, some, something to do that will bring a smile to, you know, smile on your face, mm-hmm. you know, that that in itself will, you know, will help feed your soul. Mm-hmm. I know those are very simple kind of actions or activities, but it, but believe it or not, it, it, there are more seniors today playing games and, um, and and participating in hobbies than ever before in 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 this world. And I think it's wonderful because you're learning a new skill. You're maintaining. Yep. Uh, and, and you're maintaining connection, even if it's it, even if you don't get together with a group of people, you're still maintaining some type of connection that keeps you going. Mm-hmm. So it's so important to to have a purpose, you know. Yeah. To you don't have to have a job to have a purpose. You know, exactly. I mean, I have a job, and and that's my big purpose. But <laughs> but if I didn't have one, there's so many other things that I would be doing. As a matter of fact, I'm I'm starting to uh, make jewelry. I'm taking classes and making jewelry. Oh, cool! And I'm so excited about it. And um, it's just it's learning a new skill and and going to a class where there's other people who want to learn how to do this this hobby. That mm-hmm. uh, that I think will keep me keep me fresh, keep my mind fresh. You know. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I I totally agree with that. And you know, people are living longer, and so and, and they're feeling younger. Most of them, you know, are saying, you know, like I said, that you know, sixty five is the is the new eighty five that was, and 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 people just um, it, it, they're not. Grant, well, and maybe I'm saying this because I'm one now, but but being a grandma today isn't being a grandma to when even my mom was one or when her mom was a, was a grandma. Oh, yeah. I mean, it has changed mm-hmm. so significantly, and um, and and I think it's wonderful, you know. But I think it's because people feel engaged, people feel um, 
it, this isn't the end. It's just another stage, <clears throat> you know, and we don't know how long that next stage is going to be. Um, but people are learning to adapt to the stage instead of kind of giving into all the rhetoric of, you know, this is, this is it, you know, buckle up, it's over. Um, people are, are kind of <laughs> fighting that more, which I think is great and looking for new opportunities and know that they, you know, are feeling confident that they are valued and that they, they do have valuable skill sets um, and knowledge and wisdom to be able to offer um, others. And, and I, I love seeing that. I, I love seeing the intergenerational stuff that's happening. And uh, there's just so many cool opportunities. You know, all you have to do is think one up and go after it, you know. <laughs> and Yeah, um, that's right. And see, and see what happens. So, well, Carol, this has just been a really fun conversation with you today. And I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. Is there anything else that you'd like to uh, share with our audience? Um, I just uh, encourage people to, um, you know, to break out if you're sad or if you're isolated, if you're feeling disconnected from the world. I, I, I encourage you to open that door and just take one step at a time, um, mm-hmm. whatever that is. It could be calling a neighbor. It could be calling a friend you haven't spoken to in a month. It could be sending an email. Uh, who knows what that one thing can do, but do something, something that helps you reconnect with your inner, you know, your inner source. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. And um, great advice. Yeah, I well, thank you. I, I, I just don't, I mean, I see so much isolation and, and disconnection that it, it saddens me that it just doesn't have to be that way. It's, you know, I think we're, yeah. we're, we, we are a product of our own, um, you know, our own surmise, I guess, or how, however we live our life, we're a product of it. So, yeah. you, and you have control to break, break, you know, break free of it. Yeah. If you're sad. Well, you know, one of the things I used to sell real estate before I, I got into this. So that was like 10 years ago, but for 25 years, I sold real estate and I, my focus really was the senior market. And, you know, so many people would say, you know, you're taking me out of here feet first. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to one of those places. And I mean, just over and over and over. And then things would change and they'd end up moving. And then I couldn't even get a hold of them because they were so busy. And, and they would oh, always God. say, they would always say, I, I didn't know I was lonely because I just got used to it. And I didn't oh, wow. know how much I missed this because it, a lot oh. of times it can happen slowly and you just adjust, you know, because people don't whine and they just kind of handle it. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, their families are going, oh, my gosh, mom or dad, they're just social butterflies. They are constantly busy. They're so much happier. You know, they're so much more active. Their health is better. I mean, it just on and on and on the list goes. I think when we feel engaged, and um, absolutely, and that social interaction, I, I think, I think we have to really look at the power behind it, 
And um, I think we have to discuss it more. And, you know, you might not always find the perfect group of people right away, um, but, but don't stop. You know, you didn't when you were in school either. You know, there were different cliques and you just had to work your way into the right one, you know, that was going to fit for you. And, um, you know, and, and maybe you're going to be one of those eclectic people that just kind of moseys through the different groups of people. You know, you don't have to stay with something forever. Um, you know, it, this isn't an all or nothing. I think there's just so much <laughs> opportunity out there for people. Just so, so much opportunity. And, um, and, I, and I really thank you for your work um, so much. And would encourage people to um, check out The Elder Orphan on Facebook. And then also um, sign up for Carol's newsletter, um, the Age with Purpose newsletter, that's just filled with uh, great uh, tips and products and tools to kind of help you, help you move along in, in stories. Um, you can contact Carol uh, via email at carol at seniorcare.com. That's carol at seniorcare.com. Um, or visit the website, SeniorCare.com. And then um, if you want the newsletter, just go to SeniorCare.com forward slash newsletter, and you can go ahead and sign up for that as well. Anything else that you'd like to add, Carol? Oh, First I think contact? you've done a great job. Thank okay. you, Lori. No, I think you've, you've, you've done a grand job. Thank you very much. Well, thanks so much for being with us. I really appreciate it, Carol, and keep up the great work. Oh, thank you, Lori. You too. Great. Um, I want to just follow up with a few things before we wrap up. And again, just remind people that all of our shows are archived. So we've been doing this like six years. So there's tons of them out there to listen to. Um, our most recent ones, we talked about, um, we talked with uh, Hertz from the Netherlands on changing your perception can change your outcome and really trying to get people to stop talking about behaviors and look at them as signals. Um, because things need to change. Um, we also did our first open mic back with uh, Blog Talk, and we'll be doing more of those in the future where anybody can call in and talk about what's important to them regarding uh, dementia and caregiving. And uh, what else did I want to tell you? Oh, um, the the interview I did with uh, Hertz from the Netherlands, we also did a video of that as well. And you can find both of those on on the website. Um, last, I'm just going to give a shout out to um, some more of our sponsors for the um, the cruise coming up this weekend. Um, the art kits, which are just great activities for people with memory loss. Calendar cards, which is a wonderful system to help people on their day-to-day -day, uh, schedules. Uh, and they also have the um, memorycafedirectory.com uh, where you can look up where memory cafes are located in the country. Uh, Care to Plan, the Call Alert Center, uh, Footprint ID. And um, then we had some wonderful books, the little book uh, um, for Alzheimer's caregivers and the Dementia Handbook and Trinrose Seeley's 15 Minutes of Fame. So have a blessed week, everyone. And uh, like I said, I'll be out of circulation, but we will talk to you all when I get back. We will do some uh, pre-record shows next week for you, though. Thank you and goodbye.
It's time to rethink, renew, and reimagine retirement. Hey, everybody. Jared Sebesta here, host of Retire Repurposed. Now, this podcast is about the non-financial parts of retirement, which many times can be even more challenging than the financial. We believe retirement is not the end, rather the beginning of what could be the most impactful, purposeful, and fulfilling season of a person's life. So don't retire. Become repurposed. To listen now, search Retire Repurpose on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.